right, good day. And on the screen with me as we get ready for the 2023 Collegiate Beach Volleyball season is head coach of the Florida State Seminoles, Brooke Niles. Thanks for joining me this morning, Brooke. Thanks for having me. Sorry for the early wake-up call. Oh, no way. As parents, you know there's no such thing as early wake-up calls now. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start off by um, talking about some of the things that you see coming up this or. I got to start that over again. I'll have to edit that out. Um, any, uh, let me, is it the, oh gosh, I spun my script too far. Here we That's go. Okay. All right. Now, uh, Brooke, what major changes have you seen in the recent years uh, that have aided in the development and growth of collegiate beach volleyball? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I think for one, the extra COVID years with everybody uh, really added to the development of the players because a lot of players, you know, they still went through all the training as they were playing a season and started for two, two and a half weeks of a season when our seasons got cut short with COVID. And then those, most of those players got an additional year. So you're older, you're stronger, your training age and the lifting and conditioning is higher. And, um, and so the overall play was so good. Like we had players that were playing on the world tour playing in college, Olympians, um, all these things that these younger players had to train against and play against. So it just helped them develop their skills even more. And I think the growth of the junior game, Perry's doing a great job with the P1440. Um, the AVP does an amazing job with their event, um, their championship in the summer. It almost feels like an AVP event. So all these young athletes are just getting better and better competition and training. And I think that's um, been huge for our sport. And then with the NCAA, um, putting a lot of time into the championships, expanding the field, um, making our sport more known, um, we're just attracting better talent to the sport of beach volleyball, which is awesome. Well, one of the questions that spun off from one of your responses was, so you had a very talented freshman already competing on the international level, but uh, what do you see as far as like ceiling level for her talent, particularly and we're referring to Maddie Anderson, mm -hmm. who's playing with USA, but how do you see her growing through your program? I mean, Maddie actually, so Maddie came into school a year early. She wanted to come two years early. She was homeschooled. Um, and I was like, Maddie, slow down. Like it'll all come in time. But so now with her extra COVID year, she's actually in the right year of school that she should have been when she started. Um, but I've just seen such a change for her. One, playing with Brooke Bauer, a transfer we got um, at our ones last year and just going through the ups and downs of a season and having a really amazing supportive partner helped her growth overall. And then that translated to her playing and competing on the world tour. Like she got asked by these great players to play because um, one, she's a really disciplined high level blocker and then her ball skills are really great. So just even changing from the Wilson ball to the world tour ball is a big, can, can create a gap with some people. Um, but so she's got those, that ball skills and the height advantage and things like that. But I've just seen her confidence go up because she's, you know, traveling and playing and having to go on her own and all those things that you, you know, I did when I was like 25, 26, 27, um, she's doing younger. So it's, it's just really, and she's come back and she's taught some of our younger kids, some of the things she's learned and helped mentor them. So it's just been a huge development piece for her growth. And we want all our athletes to do it, to be honest, because, mm -hmm. you know, you're playing against the best teams in the world, um, over summer. How can you not be a better college player when you get back? Right. 
Well, with that, let's talk about what's happening in the NCAA this year. But there is a significant change in the tournament format. Uh, and why did you just speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so now um, 16 teams and it's all single elimination. So last year we added 16 teams. However, the first round was single elimination. And then after that, it was a normal double limb tournament. So the NCAA decided to keep it three days and keep everything single limb. Um, so I think that's maybe can add to a little bit more parity in our sport. If you go over the past years, there has been times when the top seeds has lost early and had to make their way through the loser's bracket to win a national championship. So now that would be um, not the case. I mean, we we probably should have lost to Cal Poly in that single limb round last year. Um, we were down 7-3 in a third set and came back, had like an unbelievable comeback to win it. And then, and then we, that gave us momentum going on, but I just feel like it's the rules maybe are for the little bit of the underdogs to kind of make a name for themselves in the tournament and make it more exciting. I, I do like the double limb format, but I think maybe this could lead to a little bit more parity in the, who wins the tournament. Yeah. Well, the rise from the ashes is always a fun thing to watch. I'll have to admit and you always have to pull for the underdogs. It makes it so exciting, especially when it comes to the fifth and deciding duel, third set, deuce set, <laughs> deep into the third. So, yeah, that element, oh gosh, just watching that in these last few years has been insane. So, now let me ask you, Brooke, um, what changes could you see coming down the line in the next few years with the growth of collegiate beach volleyball? Well, I hope that we can have some more scholarships um, because if you look at the roster size of some of the schools, um, there's just a lot of young women playing beach volleyball. It's It was the fastest NCAA growing um, sport growth-wise. So I think that needs to reflect in scholarships. It's been decided by the NCAA that the volunteer coach can be paid starting in July. So I think that's a huge thing um, because you have five games going on at the same time and only three coaches and only two of them are paid. <laughs> so I think, you know, these players really are high level and they need high level attention and coaching, um, to get to their max potential. So adding a paid assistant, I think is huge. And then, you know, Texas is adding, um, I just hope we continue. We've seen a little fall off with the amount of sports adding each year or at schools adding beach volleyball. So mm -hmm. I hope that comes back up and maybe you'll see a little bit more indoor facilities in the Northern schools, things like that. Because what we're seeing at Florida state in particular is um, we work really well with our indoor coaches, but we have indoor kids that come to play indoor and beach um, for mm -hmm. a top school here. So they're um, the level of athlete has grown. And, uh, and so I think that, should translate to scholarships, more coaches, um, more competition experiences. And, and yeah, hopefully in the end, we, our season expands and maybe we have regional playoffs before the teams that get awarded to go to Gulf Shores. So that's something that I've thought about and tried to push for a little bit um, mm -hmm. within the NCAA, but it does take time for all this. And um, yeah, we're just grateful for our opportunity to be on ESPN and and kind of showcase our athletes. So I hope we get to go there this year and experience the single elimination format. Yeah. Well, let's go into your 2023 team. But before we talk about your team, I want to talk about your coaching staff. How's it like having a, a guy who kind of knows what he's doing, who recently retired as a professional and is your husband and father of your children on board? <laughs> 
Well, when you say it like that, it sounds like we're crazy. Um, no, it's, I mean, the, those people that know Nick, he's got such a good heart and he's super humble. So yes, I told him when he came in, I was like, listen, like, I want to learn from you because we've been going through this journey together as we, we met when we were both professional athletes and then, you know, I retired and he kept going. And so I was just a supportive person. We didn't really talk about volleyball that much. Like I was there if he needed somebody to like bounce ideas off, but I really never gave my opinion. Um, so now we have to learn, we've learned how to work together, but he's so humble. He's like, I've never done this before. You know, tell me, he's always like, am I doing everything? Okay. And I'm like, no, these are like, we're training our team. Like they're professional athletes because, you know, we've had a lot of good coaches ourselves. And, um, so I think the level here is awesome. And, um, but it's funny to me that this two-time Olympian is questioning himself with training, you know? Um, so yeah, you are the higher authority when it comes to the household. (laughs) Well, I've never, you know, the household. Yes, I would say. Um, but yeah, the way we run our program, like in title, in theory, yes, we have a head coach and two assistants, but um, it's really like open feedback and I'm not, we're all at the same level and um, we're trying to just be facilitators and help our players grow as much as they can and reach their goals. So yeah, it's, um, it's been really fun spending time together because the past 20 years, like he or I have been traveling eight months out of the year. So, um, you know, we bring our kids to practice sometimes and our team sees us yell at them sometimes and not, but it's all about, um, you know, a growth process and, um, learning how to coach together. And it's been really fun because I get to coach with my best friend. So that's awesome. Now, uh, must make for interesting childcare when both of you have to travel. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Luckily my mom moved to Tallahassee, so she's been helpful, but, and we have some really good help, but yeah, sometimes we do have to travel with them which isn't ideal, but then the girls actually really like having the kids around. Um, sometimes it's a good break from volleyball. If I'm like, hold the baby, you know? So, uh, yeah, I think it's been fun overall. Well, you also on your staff have got Elena Chacon as a volunteer assistant, which I mean, if anyone is following last year, such a wonderful ending for her and obviously a, a favorite of mine, Mads Fitzpatrick. Um, yeah. When did she decide to come on board and and how has it affected the program so far? Oh my gosh. So two of my all-time favorites that you just named and they have been here. I feel like we've grown up together here because they've been here. um, They were part of my first recruiting class uh, when I got this job. And uh, yeah, Elena has had so many special moments. She's also been through a typical journey of a student athlete that just buys into everything um, does all the extra work. Um, so she was honestly, I didn't think of too many people when I needed to find a volunteer assistant. And, uh, she has this great way about her that she's was such a teacher on the court. Like anytime she would play at practice with somebody that was maybe like newer to the program, she was very calm and, um, spent time with them as a captain and leader of our team, just trying to explain how everything goes in the process. And, and she's just a really great coach and a great person. She spent the summer learning and training um, with Holly McPeak. So doing um, some stuff with their club. And, and so she's really developed as a coach and she's like a constant learner. 
where she's always trying to improve and um, and plus she has really great valuable feedback because she just did everything that these girls want to do and want to achieve. So she's been awesome. I feel like I have a dream team of coaching staff. So my goal is to keep them all healthy and happy in here as long as I can. <laughs> that sounds excellent. Um, now let's let's go out to your team uh, with the season around the corner. So the NCA this this year has allowed for fall competition, so it gives you a better look at what you have early on. But what have you seen so far that uh, are some really good pieces for you and who could be contributing key pairs, transfers, new faces, the whole thing without dropping too much before the season starts? I know you coaches like to keep a little bit close to the hip there, but uh, talk about your team. Yeah, I mean, I think we are younger than we've ever been, um, but I think youth for us is a good thing uh, because some of the kids that we brought in are just so experienced at the junior level and they're winners. Like they're used to winning things and they want to come in and compete for a starting spot. Like we have Alexis Durish, Kara Sasek, who had really great juniors careers. Um, Plus, you know, Maddie Anderson has like been a staple in our lineup since her freshman year. Um, I think she's never played lower than three for us. Um, and then we got a great, amazing transfer, Paige Kapkoff from uh, FIU. And she's just a really, one of the fastest people I've ever seen play volleyball. Um, so her speed on the defensive side, her knowledge of the game, she was a ones player for FIU and they're a great program. So having her play at that level and then come to our team has just been unbelievable. And then um, Raylan White, Caitlin Moon, I mean, we actually, Morgan Chacon ended up transferring away for indoor and transferring back. So, which was the most amazing thing. And I don't even know how it happened, but, um, you know, her sister being here as a coach probably played a big role in it, if I'm being honest. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then wanting, they want to play internationally together um, when Morgan's done with school. But we really, if you look at our lineup, we lost Brooke Bauer, Elena Chacon, and Madison Fitzpatrick. And those are obviously really big pieces to replace. But I feel like we have um, the parts to replace them and, and let these girls, it's going to be a learning process. Like, you know, last year, my team did really well, but we had the most losses we've ever had an entire season here. And it's not important to me. It's, are we learning from those losses? Are we growing? Um, but yeah, we have those key pieces, I think, um, to hopefully stabilize our lineup. But again, everybody's so good. There's so many good coaches. So we just try to get better each and every time we're out in the sand and not really worry about wins and losses. We're just trying to develop ourselves. And hopefully in the end, we put it all together at the right time. Well, you have a solid lineup and a large lineup as well that you can throw out there as I was perusing your, your roster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw them at juniors. Uh, they were winning. Yep. They were winning too. So, and then you had some transfers come in, you know, with Paige. And of course there was also Jordan Polo who transferred in from, I guess his last, before last season. I didn't even mention Jordan. And she, yeah, <laughs> one of those. So, so yeah, really, if you think about it, yeah, with Jordan too, like, cause Jordan was playing with Morgan. Um, so yeah, we only really lost one person from our ones and our twos pair, which that's obviously a huge part of our team. But I didn't even mention we have two indoor players that <laughs> one six three, one six four, and they're six rotation outside hitters that have just really enjoyed learning the beach game. And um so they're they're gonna be in there at times too. And um hopefully we can develop them and just the level that they play on and the physicality is crazy. I, I don't know if I would have picked volleyball as my sport if there was girls <laughs> that physical when I played, but 
Um, yeah, so a lot of pieces and we just, I think this year you're going to see some different lineups from us just because we got to figure out who who's going to be able to handle the big moments the best. Well, in the CCSA, it just seems like you need to, the, the physicality, the height uh, to do something like that. I mean, you look at what Russ is doing at LSU, you got Hector at, at uh, uh, TCU, and then now you add in Grand Canyon to the mix for the yeah. CCSA. So um, what are your thoughts on what could be happening here in the conference? Yeah, I really think top to bottom, like our conference is so like strong and all those teams you mentioned TCU I mean Hector's done an amazing job there Russell always has really competitive teams that just seem to peak at the right time and then Kristen uh, has done an amazing job with uh Grand Canyon and um that'll be interesting to have them in the conference because they're kind of a different like they play differently than the LSUs like they're really scrappy and maybe a little smaller and maybe a little unorthodox so that's it's always such a tough team to play um and then South Carolina I think got some really good transfers um I hope I'm not missing anybody but yeah our conference has changed a lot I think three yeah. years ago we had 14 teams <laughs> yeah yeah now we have six but um like top to bottom, they're all really good. So our conference tournament this year is just going to be so challenging. And, um, but I'm excited because I believe that the more you play tougher competition, the more battle tested you are. And there's that saying like iron sharpens iron. So for me, this is like an amazing dream conference to be a part of because it's so challenging. And, and when we play against our conference opponents, we're going to have to really work hard and, um, and try to focus on like our side of the net and getting better as a team to, to be successful. Yep. So rounding out the conference for our listeners and viewers are uh, Missouri state and Texas. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, that was it. Missouri state. We mentioned yeah. the other one. So, but you know, you lose one due to departure to conference USA and that's Tulane, but I mean, still it's, you know, if they're a head to head conference play, that is one grinder of a conference. So and yeah. you know they'll be playing across the nation, winning in all the eight other conferences that exist now. It's crazy, but it's so exciting the way our sport's grown. And yeah, I, I know with the AQs, I'm like, oh man, sometimes I think about what are we doing to ourselves with putting all these good teams in one <laughs> conference? Because I think any of those teams, if they were in a different conference, they would be in competition for the top spot too. Um, and we're all in one, but um, yeah, hopefully um, it just makes us better overall. I know as a conference, like we want to, we, we want our conference to win a national championship, you know, it's been to the West coast so far. And, um, so that's kind of a goal overall goal is us as coaches as we're kind of rooting for each other too. Wow. That's actually a great segue to my next question, but you know, and you kind of alluded to it in your previous response, but what teams in the CCSA are preseason favorites? <laughs> that's a tough one to answer. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think you got to give it to TCU. They have a, I think we're obviously always in the conversation, LSU. Um, but yeah, TCU has a really strong core returning. They got a, a transfer from our school, who is one of our best players, Kate Privet. Um, so I think, yeah, they're going to be pretty dangerous. And uh, LSU, I, I actually don't know what they're going to look like. I just know they're going to be good. <laughs> so I think... Um, yeah, they're always there. And then Grand Canyon as well, because we don't play against, um, we didn't play against any of those teams in the fall, which is kind of interesting. Mm. 
we played against other conferences because of the location. So normally right. we play against each other in the fall and we can kind of get a good gauge of um, at least individual players, whether the teams will be different, but I didn't get to see any of the teams in our conference in the fall. So um, I'm kind of excited to see, but yeah, all those teams, like you said, even if you just go over the end of the year rankings last year, mm -hmm. um, it's a pretty, pretty strong top to bottom. Yeah. Now, how about for the fan that's following the CCSA, who would you recommend they keep an eye on athlete wise on each of the teams and, you know, the, the top performers that could potentially be making, you know, some noise this year. I mean, Maddie Anderson, I think on our squad, um, Paige Kafkoff, like I said, transfer from FIU, um, top players, Morgan, Raylan White, Caitlin Moon, Jordan mm -hmm. Polo. And that's just on our team. And I feel like I'm naming all our starters, but, um, and then <laughs> every LSU. coach is taking notes right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, actually LSU, Kylie DeBerg, I saw her out all summer in California training, um, with Jose Loyola and playing in as much as she could. And, um, so I think she's been another player with the physicality that's trans, um, been from indoor now transitioning to beach. And so, she's probably one that's going to get better and better and their team uh, won the pairs championship. So mm -hmm. I think that's a, definitely a team to watch um, at TCU. He's, I don't know what his pairs are going to be, but he has a lot of the two Spanish girls that play at the ones. I mean, they're trying to qualify for the Olympics. I know that. So um, that's always a team that's really fun to play and um, a challenge. So I think they're definitely a team to watch. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of other individual players. You kind of stumped me, but yeah, I just well, looked at team. <laughs> those are on the top of your head, but that, that's still great advice for anyone following the game. But, well, I don't want to miss out on anybody. There's so <laughs> many good players, and I don't want anybody to be like, man, she didn't mention me, and then that'll like fire them up next time they play. <laughs> I'm just going to name everybody. Everybody on every school, just watch out. <laughs> well, in all honesty, if you look through the rosters of the CCSA teams, you can find – so much talent and literally in the ones through the fives and it and they're interchangeable it it seems yeah. like because even from last year seeing where people are playing in the fall you know you can see the coaches shuffling the deck so to speak and they were still successful so mm -hmm. yeah it, it's kind of one of those well who's on the top of your head type of deal so that's why I caught you off guard there yeah <laughs> <laughs> now um, this could be another one that you feel like you get in trouble in, but who are some of the top teams outside of your conference that fans should be paying attention to? Yeah, I mean, I think UCLA right now, um, they have great coaches and they were really young last year. And so I think they're going to be one of the top teams. They, they always have been, um, and their program just develops really nice players. Plus he got some good transfers. So I think actually he's going to have a tough time picking a starting lineup, which we're all kind of in the same boat. Um, USC has always been there. So you got to give it to them. Um, and uh, I think Grand Canyon's really good. I think Derek Olson at Washington, um, we played them twice this year. And I just think he's one that I think people are going to have to look out for because he's a really great coach. And um, I think him being in charge of his program and picking recruiting the players he wants to recruit like it's just going to be I think they're going to be good and then I always have my eyes out for Todd at Cal Poly uh he's a good friend and I know his skill set and I think yeah he's he's always going to be in the conversation as well um but those are kind of the big ones and then like I mentioned the CCSA probably has like 
three or four teams that are going to make a run for the, um, the championship and, and be really good at the end. So I'm trying to see if I left anybody out. <laughs> it's, it's a good answer. You know, it definitely touches on a lot of oh, what everyone's you know else? Another great coach with a great program, Beth Van Fleet at Georgia state. She's done an amazing job and her teams are super scrappy and really hard to play. And they had an amazing run last year, beating some mm-hmm. teams that were ranked ahead of them at Gulf Shores. And so I think they're going to be, they're one of those teams. I don't like go to sleep on, you know, ever when we play them. So, and they're, they used to be in our conference and they're not anymore. And then actually FIU as well. Um, Rita's done an amazing job in the fall. We did play them and they had some really great players, some international players that were very experienced, tough serving team. Um, and she's ultra competitive Rita is. And so like myself. Um, so I appreciate those people, but yeah, her team is going to be one to watch this year as well. Well, just in the, uh, the Florida area or the region, you've got so many good schools that if you wanted to, you know, get a beat down or give a beating, <laughs> yeah, there are so many really good schools. Is. And it's interesting because some of the schools don't have the budget to travel, but like FAU is always really good. They had a great NCAA run. FGCU with Chris Sweat, that's a team that I don't think they leave Florida most of the time to play, but I think if they played some West Coast teams, like they're always a sneaky team that has great players. They develop players really well. So yeah, there's a lot of teams in the state that are um, like, you just can't think you're having a weekend off or um, not going to get competition when you play these teams. Stetson, sorry, I didn't mention Stetson. Got <laughs> all my <laughs> all my women coaches. They're they're really good, and they've actually been a team to upset a lot of top seeds in the tournament. If you look at their tournament playing history, so um, yeah, we played them quite a bit in the fall, and um, they had some really great players. Excellent. Now, with the uh, this is the the bigger part of the question, but we looked at individual top performers or you know fans to look out for player wise. So let's go outside of the CCSA who is Brooke Niles looking at here as far as like top performers and uh, for fans to watch well I think uh, Lexi Denenberg um, she's just uh, loves competing and plays hard all the time so uh, obviously she's the ones Um, Abby Van Winkle was her partner last year but that might change but I think she's a really great player and has really gotten better as the years goes on and more consistent. Um, trying to think USC is returning. Um, I mean, Megan Kraft, mm-hmm. I, I would think she has to be at the ones now. Um, she's trying to qualify for the Olympics too. So I'm curious to see if that conflicts with some of the college tournaments, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe that's a team that might have a couple of losses there in the middle of the season, if they don't have all their players there, if they're playing internationally, but then by the end of the year, you know, you know, they're going to be at NCAAs in their conference tournament. Um, Stanford actually has some good players, Charlie Ekstrom, mm-hmm. you know, um, I can't believe she's still in college. I thought she'd be <laughs> done now too, <laughs> but she's got it. Like all these girls just have deadly like service pressure. And, um, and so that's always a player that we look out for. Um, we don't play them too much usually. So we would probably only see them in NCAA. So we don't have, um, a lot of it. I think this past year was the only time we've ever played Stanford. So, um, but man, there's just so many good players, um, that, uh, I think a fan watching is going to see a competitive match. Um, whereas it used to be so dominant, the five top five teams in the country were just that much better than everybody else. 
Um, but now I feel like there's 15 to 20 good programs, um, with good players that can help. Um, and then the coaches like, so the coaches lineup can change. I mean, you Mm -hmm. can move players, you may have your best player, maybe not playing with your other best player. So they could be not a ones, but a, a three, maybe a four, um, because that's what's best for your team. So I think all the matches are going to be really competitive. There's some really great tournaments. The East versus West is going to be a really great tournament. Uh, we go to a tournament in Cal Poly that's going to be equally as good two weeks later. So um, we host the first weekend and we bring out Cal Poly in Washington as well as South Carolina and um, FIU. So yeah, I think each weekend, if you're a fan, you want to get on that College Beach VB website and watch <laughs> the updates and see who wins because it's kind of fun to follow um, follow those teams and and even how the coaches move their players up and down. Gosh, we must be on the same wavelength here because I was excited <laughs> to say, well, you know, Brooke, get to see you twice in California. Now, one's a little farther north with Todd's, but you're going to be at Manhattan Beach and take on USC, UCLA, LMU. Just for, oh, and Hawaii, I forgot that was on day one. Yeah. So oh, Hawaii. Solid How do I not talk about Hawaii? <laughs> Hawaii, and we play Hawaii every year in the NCAA tournament, and it always comes down to the fifth court, third game. Like it's just a battle. So, man, I'm going to get in trouble with this interview. I'm going to get texted. Like, I didn't you? <laughs> I'm sure anyone likes you so much. They're going to like just, oh, she said that. Oh, she's I'm telling good. You, I'm feeling the fire. But no, yeah, Hawaii, yeah, that tournament's going to be insane. We didn't go last year. Um, mm-hmm. Budgetary wise, we just had some issues there, but um, they let us back in. Thank you, Stein Metzger. And um, we're excited because it is really great competition. And um, all those teams play so hard. And again, we don't get to play them every weekend. So they kind of battle against each other a lot during the season, but we just have these one or two weekends where we really um, can kind of see how we stack up. Yeah. Well, then later on, uh, right before the CCSA championships, you head out to Todd's facility uh, for the, oh gosh, I thought the, the center of effort challenge. It was an interesting format. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he shared with me that it's a two pool format with two top teams out of certain conferences. And basically it's going to, it's a going to be a grind the entire time. So yeah. um, two trips out and all those same teams, well, some of the same teams you'll be seeing in the East versus West. So you're going to be, there's going to be battles for sure. Yeah. And that one, we, we would play an East coast team too. So um, that one was a great turning point for our season last year because we went out there and we got crushed pretty much. <laughs> um, and our players got like, they got sick and it was just like this trip that we were like, man, I don't know, but I think it fired us up a little bit. Like, um, cause you know, sometimes you can just have success in your own zone and you don't know how you stack up against somebody else. So it really ended up motivating our team to do some of the little things and, um, yeah, like light a fire, like, uh, we lost to LMU and then we, you know, ended up playing them twice at NCAAs. So it was something like we, we just didn't want that feeling again that we had leaving that tournament, but it was never an easy game. The courts is deep sand. Like there's so many things I love about it. We have to travel really far. It's just really like a gut check of a tournament. Um, and so we're excited. It, it is before conference. <laughs> <laughs> so those three weeks, like don't get easy for us. Cause we have that tournament, um, the conference tournament and then a break a little bit of a break before NCAAs but it's just like boom 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 like now it's go time so it's it's yeah. a great tournament for us we're lucky we get invited to that one too 
Yeah, I didn't think about the travel aspect of it because you fly into LAX and still have to drive three hours, four hours to Cal Poly unless you fly into a private regional airport up there. Yeah, where last year I was so thought this was the greatest idea to fly into Santa Barbara because that's where I went to school and I was going to show the girls the campus and everything. And then flight got delay after delay. We get in late. We're driving in the dark. Like it was just nothing like I planned, but it's a good life lesson, right? Um, so this year we're not doing that. We're going to fly directly into uh, San Luis Obispo and have just business trips. Nothing, nothing fun. But, Sounds uh, great. Yeah. Well, you know, you actually, another great segue, when we were talking before going on, you'd mentioned a, a particular training group that you had when you were still playing, but I'd love you to share that story because I think our, our viewers and listeners would love to hear who you actually got to rub shoulders with. Yeah. So Todd and I go way back. We, when I was a player at Santa Barbara, he was coaching the men's team and training for AVP. And then when I graduated, I started coaching there as well. And trying to play. And I had actually, I didn't, I don't think I told you this part. I had asked a woman's player that I really like looked up to if I could just train with them. And she said, no. And so <laughs> I was like, well, what other player do I want to be like? And obviously there's no one better than Todd if you're a defender. Um, and so I asked him and he was, he said, absolutely. Like you can come to my workouts with my trainer, but we do these gnarly track workouts and these crazy beach workouts. And I was like, mm -hmm. I'm in. And it happened to be me, Todd, Phil, and Nick. And I was just like, don't embarrass yourself in front of this group. And uh, so, yeah, I was having to keep up with these guys. Nick would like lap me on the track. I would beat Phil a couple times because at the beginning, <laughs> Phil would always throw up like at the first <laughs> workout. And so while he was throwing up, I would kind of pass him on some of the runs. But um, yeah, Nick would like go really slow and then like really speed up and lap me and just try to embarrass me. So that was interesting that we're married now, but um, yeah, Todd, Todd was so giving with his time and um, was like really tr helped me learn the game and how to take care of yourself as an athlete to be successful. So um, it was really fun, but yeah, we go way back. He's uh, my friendship with him means more than winning and losing because he's such a great person. So. That's yeah. so excellent to hear. I just thought it was so good being that you know, we have our connections to the indoor game. And I saw Todd playing back in his indoor days and you know, realized, oh, well, you guys probably cross paths in Santa Barbara. It's not like it's this huge town, but yeah. you know, it's just uh, great seeing the connections in the volleyball world, even smaller in the collegiate beach and indoor world. So, but yeah. uh, hey, Brooke and Niles of Florida State, I really appreciate your time this morning and for sharing what could be coming up in our 2023 season. Looking forward to seeing you at least one of the two California chips the Knowles make out here. Yeah, we can't wait. Thank you so much. And uh, go Knowles and good luck to everybody starting their seasons. It'll be fun. Thanks for listening to College Volleyball Weekly. Be sure to follow Rob Espero at the Rob on the Mic on Instagram and at Rob on the Mic on Twitter.